Today, I want to talk on a simple verse, Proverbs 18, 21. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. I love the message version. It says, words kill, words give life. They are the poison of fruit you choose. And it's a simple, simple word. And Stalin and I were spinning at the beginning of the week. Who's done spinning before? I think you're going to spin in hell. It's, it's, there's just a, a lady up front who's just shouting at you. Increase the, increase the thing. Anyway, I don't even know how God, Stalin heard God through all of that. But she just had this one line drop into her heart. And I thought, that's exactly what I need to preach on this week. And... Um, we're obviously going to be going to Duck Tech next week, which will be great to see some of the families again. But just, this, this is an incredible truth that I think needs to again and again be laid into the church, that our words carry weight. Jesus speaks a lot about our words. Proverbs I read through this week, um, uh, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, all speak a lot about the words that we speak. And, uh, and what is coming out of our mouth and, wh- and, wh- and what it means. And wh- it's actually showing the condition of your heart. And I, I feel that we need to learn how to speak loud. So I wrote one thing here. I said the goal for this week, for today's message is, is your, sp- is your tongue, is your spang, is your tongue speaking life or death? I'll explain what that means. This little thing in the center of your face can cause so much damage. You've got two eyes, two ears, two nostrils, one mouth. And uh, is it true that women have more words than guys, or is that just like a thing that it is true? Okay. Start as the exception. Um, <laughs> I think I've got more words than her. But uh, imagine we had two mouths. Imagine how much trouble we'd get into. And I think there's a simple, silly little thing that I remember learning in like nursery school is that God gave you two ears so you listen more than you speak. And uh, I want to just read a few verses. If you can turn to James 3. James 3 I can't believe I've missed it, yeah. Hebrews and the letters of James. I'm just doing the rhyme in my head. There we go. We have to realize that every word that comes out of our mouths has power. Every word we speak, every, even, even words that are said idly, as the Bible says, we're going to be held accountable. And I think we need to learn to be be weighted with what we say and what we speak out, what we pray, etc. And there's a, an author called Derek Prince. He's also a preacher, died a couple of years ago. But he was in the army and he said the thing that for him made him understand this, the power of the tongue, is that he used to go around and he was like an assistant to the doctor. And uh, they'd walk around and the, the, the doctor would ask them, how are you doing? And before they could even answer or give a reply, he said, stick out your tongue. And when he stuck out his tongue... It, it, it was an indication of where they actually were at. So they could be saying, no, I'm fine, no, I'm sick. Or maybe in the army they're faking a sickness. But once they stuck out their tongue, he got a true reflection of where the, where the inside was at. And I think it's so true with the spiritual. And I, I think it's so true in the words we speak, the things we say, 
is a reflection of what is actually going on inside of us. If we're constantly negative, there's, there's, something, there's, there's something in our root, there's, there's, there's something wrong that's gone, that's gone wrong here. We need it tonight. Hopefully we can change that thing by the power of God. Chinese medicine, those of you who know anything about Chinese medicine, apparently they figure out a lot what is going on with, with the human body through the tongue. And, uh, and for me, it's such an interesting thing. And, I, and, I've, and I've listened to conversations and I, just being in ministry for, for, for years, you, you hear people say certain things and, it, and it's like they give themselves away of what is actually going on inside of them because of that. James 3.2 says this. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble... Uh, okay, verse 3. If we put bits into our mouths of horses... So that they're best, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships. Though they're also so large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot directs. So also the tongue is the smallest member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. That is crazy. James in many ways, they say, is, is the New Testament Proverbs. Um, it says, uh, For every kind of beast and bird, reptile, sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord our Father, and with it we curse people who are in the likeness of God. And that's an incredible thing. I think there's... How, and this is where like, the whole, like some of the world looks on and say, is there hypocrisy in Christianity? I think sometimes there is. We, we, we praise Jesus with our lips, but then we're behind other people's backs, breaking them down. Um, from the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. Brothers, this ought not be so. Does a spring pour forth uh, from the same opening, but the, uh, both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. And it's, for me, this is such an incredible thing. And I think we need to realize that we can, in, in our daily lives, we can speak death, we can speak life. We cannot dilute this. Who's, uh, we, we grew up in South Africa. There's a stuff called Oros. Who, who knows what Oros is? Oros is basically, it's like a, a cordial that you put in and uh, then you pour water in it, and then you've got a drink. But I don't know if my mom was trying to save money or something, but she used to put such a little bit of Oros in my bottle and then just pour water on top of it that it actually just, it just tasted like bad breath. And, um, and, I think, and I think that's what happens often with our mouths. If, if we are praying to God, oh, God, bless me, bring, bring your blessing. Thank you, Father, for all that you're doing. God, all this, and then the next day you're knocking someone down or you're speaking behind someone's back. It's diluting the power of your initial prayer that you did to God. And it tastes like bad breath. It's not the pure thing. So I think we need to watch our lives in terms of what we say to God, but also what we say to others because the two are joined. You cannot, you cannot speak evil against someone else and then go praise God and say, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, but you haven't learned to love your brother and love them unconditionally. We cannot be diluted. And I think it's even the same of, of speaking negatively. So you may pray, God, I pray for your blessing over my kids. I pray for your blessing over my business. Then you sit down with someone the next day, 
And all that pours out of your heart, sorry, all that pours out of your heart is negativity. And just think, the two don't line up. And it's like, are we being religious with our mouths? But actually, when we speak to one another, there's like this truth that is coming out of. So there's a few diseases of the tongue. Number one, excessive talking. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. You know, people who talk too much get into trouble. And I think, and often people who talk too much give themselves away and actually let out what is really inside of the heart. Second disease of the tongue is an idle or careless word. Matthew twelve thirty six. it says, But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for the every empty word that they have spoken. Matthew five thirty seven says, All you need to say is simply yes, let your yes be yes, or your no be or no. Anything beyond that is from the evil one. Don't say more than you mean. Don't promise more than you can do. Don't, don't be idle with your words. Let your words carry weight. hundred or so years ago, um, maybe more, 100, 200 years ago, a man's word was his bond. A woman's word was his bond. There wasn't a need to sign something. There wasn't a need to, to it was like we shake hands and my word is my bond. And we are so far removed from that where I remember Rom talking about he went through some contracts with lawyers where it was literally the whole day, pages upon pages upon pages upon pages because our word is no longer our bond. And I think as believers, we, whatever we say we're going to do, we do. Whether it's convenient in the moment or not. And that's what Jesus said. If you're going to not do something, just say no. Say no in the first place. But if you say yes, don't say something and then not live up to it. It doesn't show integrity and uh, we've honestly had people come to the church, come for two, three weeks, and they come and speak to Stana, and they offer us the world. They're like, we are behind you guys. We love this place. We, this is what we want to do. And they, they offer us literally everything. And they come three times, and we never see them again. Maybe they've gone and done that to a whole bunch of churches. And I think there's something that, that God wants to instill in all of our characters, that we become men and women of our word. We don't have idle words. Third thing is gossip. And uh, the interesting thing that in Greek, the word for slanderer is actually the devil. So when we are gossiping, i.e. talking behind the people's back, making stories up about them, or taking in that gossip that someone else is saying, we're actually doing what the devil wants us to do, and that is to break things down. Proverbs 18, 18. Can we turn there quickly? Proverbs 18, 18. 18, sorry. Let's go from verse 6. It says, A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. Love that. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are a snare to his soul. The words of a whisperer are like delicious morsels. The word for whisperer there is is a gossip slanderer. Uh, the words of a whisper are like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Whoever is slack in his work, etc. Okay. Gossip is delicious morsels. Can we all be honest about that? If there's a little bit of gossip going down, we want to jump all over that thing. We want to know what's happening. Um, and it's amazing what the Bible says is that it's almost like it's like delicious to taste, but it can bring poison. Who's heard of Fugu, you must have, eh? Puffer fish, fugu. It's a sushi. 
Who's heard of it? There we go. Basically, it's this fish that is like a, a, an absolute delicacy in, uh, in Japan. And only 30% of the, of the chefs that actually go train and uh, go on this course actually pass the test to actually prepare this fish. Because people have died if this, pre- this fish is not prepared correctly. So it tastes so delicious, but it actually is poison. And, um, and I think that is, in, in, in a lot of ways, what gossip is. It's like, it tastes delicious. You eat a little morsel of it, but it can actually kill you. Health freaks amongst us. Did you know that almonds have cyanide in them? Lalani, did you, you did know that. Of course you did. So if you eat enough, this, this, I think it's in New Zealand and some parts of the States where they don't sell. There's two types of almonds. I'm going to get some of this wrong. But uh, they don't sell a certain type of almond because the cyanide level is too high. I think you probably have to eat about 30 kilograms of this stuff before you die. The point is, almonds are delicious. You eat too much of them. There's a cyanide. There's a slow dropping of poison. And that's, that, I think, is often the thing with gossip, is that you don't see the effects now, but you'll see it a little later, a little later. And uh, number five, disease of the mouth is flattery. And you can see this in Hollywood. It's, it's the flattering lips. It's, and the reason it's, it's a disease is because it actually is a lie. I, I watch, we watch Ellen every now and then, and she's quite funny and, and whatever, but there's just a whole lot of flattery that goes down. And they just puff, puff each other up. And I thought, it's, flattery is just not speaking the truth to one another. It's a disease of the mouth. Seventh one, sixth, fifth, I'll cut out to you anyway. Harsh words. But I say, if you've been angry with someone... You are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you're in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Who's heard of Masaru Emoto? Anyway, that's great. I could say anything about him now. But basically, he did this experiment. And you can go look at it on YouTube. It's a legit thing. If you want to go try it yourself, you can. I don't have time for that kind of thing. But he put three jars. He put... He put, uh, he put rice and water inside three different jars. And each day for a month, he would speak different things over it. So the one he spoke, love and blessing and uh, all that kind of thing, that, that rice after a month, nothing had happened to it. it. It actually started to ferment and had a good smell to it. The second one was, uh, he spoke, I hate you. Basically just speaking negative stuff, shouting at, at the thing. said it every day for a month. He spoke over that piece, that beaker of glass. And then the last one was ignored. The one that was ignored and the one that was spoken negatively on were both black. Now the point is, and it's it's been a proven thing. I even went and looked at a whole bunch of YouTube clips. They were way too long to show tonight. But even kids went and tried tried it as like a school experiment. And you can legitimately see the ones that you speak life over. Now, that can sound very new new agey. The power of, of positive confession. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that there's some, if, if our bodies are made up of water, if our bodies, if I, if I speak a negative thing towards God, it, it affects you, not just inside of you, but it actually brings a, a, a darkness in a sense to you. And I think we need to watch our words. We need to watch what we say to one another. We need to watch how we speak to one another. We need, parents, I know you can sometimes get angry with your kids. Everything has to be done from a place of love because you cannot break down with your words towards them. I think if you watch how you speak to one another, I think it's a great indication of your heart. James 3, now we get into the positive side. It speaks about a rudder. Now, like, a rudder, 
I went and just, I tried to find some specs around it, but basically, you have this massive boat, you've got a small rudder that moves the whole boat, and it's like our tongue. We can, we can change the, our destiny through the way we speak. Now, let's just quickly turn, actually, we don't have time to go there. Numbers 13, 14, you can write it down, you can take my word for it, but basically, Moses sent out 12 spies, 10 came back with a negative report, 2 came back with a positive report. The two with the positive said, we are able to go into the promised land and overtake them. The ten said, we are not able to. By their own mouth, by their own confession, they walked out their future. Joshua and Caleb had a positive confession. They said, we are going to go take the land. They went and took the land 40 years later. The, the other ten had a negative report and spoke negatively about the future. They never went in. And it's, for me, it's such a, an incredible, incredible uh, spiritual picture. It's the... the the people of God, they, they grumbled and they complained to God, and they weren't able to walk into the promised land. And for me, a lesson for us is that we all have an inheritance. We're not just saved so we can go to heaven one day. We're saved to carry the life of Jesus. We're saved to do incredible things for us. But we can shortcut our lives through the words we speak. We can shortcut the calling on our lives through the words we speak. How does that happen? Some, maybe some of you have a, a low view of yourself. And you'll say, I'll never walk into that. I'll never be able to public speak. I'll never do this. You are confessing over your life the thing that you'll never walk into. And um, I think even being, even being negative about the future, you sit with some people and it's just, there's just pessimism. It's like the, I was on a leadership team a while back and we're going to these leadership meetings and I was expecting, okay, we're going to take over the world for Jesus. And... It never happened like that. We spoke negatively about a whole bunch of things for an hour and a half. I'm like, we, 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 need, to, we need to speak life. As believers, we need to speak life into our future. Jesus says this, John 10, 10, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. The word life there is Zoe. It means it's, it's, we, we've all been given life, but the life that we find through Jesus Christ changes us. And we call not only to live that life, but also to dispense that life outward. Uh, Andrew Womack says, it's the present possession of born-again believers. We are called to continually carry the life of God in our lives. There's pictures of this throughout the whole Bible, Valley of Dry Bones, Ezekiel 37. God says to him, go prophesy over the dry bones. And eventually he prophesies and prophesies. And eventually the, the, the dry bones come together, they form skeletons, there's, there's skin all over it, they start and they become an army. And I think there's a picture of that. And, and I've seen that so many times with, with Star Now. Like we, before we planted a church, we felt God speaking to us about it, and we thought, okay, that's great, write it in the journal. And it's only when we started to confess it outwards, we, we started to put dates to the thing, that it actually started happening. And I'm saying this, if you want to see God start to move in your life, confess. Confess his word. There's there's nothing negative towards your life that if you're in Christ Jesus, there's everything for you. You need to start confessing that. You need to start saying, Lord Jesus, thank you for the future and the call. And I think the problem is, is a lot of us as believers don't know our authority. We live in such a weak place because we haven't gone before the Father and found out our authority in him. And last night I was praying and I felt, it's going to sound strange, but I felt there really was this weird kind of presence in the room, and I was just kind of like praying and, and, and declaring God's, and I just felt God say, speak my word. Speak, 
And into my heart, I started to speak, you're a son of God. All authority has been given to, to, to Jesus Christ, therefore. And as I started to do this, it's like, wow, we, we need to learn how to, to pray God's word, to declare God's word. And I've got a friend, um, he, he's part of a church in another city, his, his name's Govan. And he says, he writes letters to himself. And he writes them and he, and he says, because he, he knows he's going to go through valleys and he knows he's going to go through bad times. And when, it, when he is, he picks up these letters and he, they're all positive. And I think sometimes those of you who struggle with depression, melancholy, whatever, we, you need to speak to yourself. You need to speak to your soul. You need to say, come alive. David did it the whole time. There's a lot of things I want to say, but Hebrews 12 says this. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to, to cause trouble and defile many. And I think sometimes when there's, if you're looking at your life, and, and it's almost a challenge, because Stala said this, this thing, there's life and death in the power of the tongue. She said it to me. Before I even got home, I said about 15 negative things. I was like, what happened? And then I was, I was, she's, I was just all of a sudden made aware of it. Then we're sitting down, working on our laptops. I was speaking negatively about something. I was like, wow, God, I repent right now. I recognize that this is a sin because it's not lining up with God's word. And we need, need to learn to, to, to confess positively. And there needs to be healing that takes place. I think there needs to be a recognizing that it is a sin, that it is displeasing to the Father. And we make those adjustments in our lives and we can start to proclaim whether it's healing, whether it's your future. I mean, so many things that, that I've heard people say, we'll never be out of debt. We'll never have a lot of money. We'll never do this. We'll never do that. And I think we need to learn to actually rise up and say, what does God's word say about me? God's, God's word says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. If you learn that one verse, okay, proclaim that over your life. Because we... We need to, as believers, show who Jesus is to this world. And, we, and if we are stumbling forward and tripping over our own feet and, we, and we're struggling and we're navel-gazing, we're never going to conquer this world for Jesus. So can we all stand? We're going to pray quickly. There's a lot I met, left out, but we'll get to that at some stage. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that your word is the thing that changes us. I just want to read this thing here. Jesus said that his words that I've spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. So Father, we, we tonight want to align, align ourselves with your word. We want to speak life and not death over our lives. We want to speak peace and joy. There's an incredible thing that happened in, in the Old Testament where where the, 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 the fathers used to speak blessing over their sons. There was whole psalms dedicated to, to, to speaking blessing. And I think we've lost something of that. The Jewish nation understood that. Under, under the old covenant, they understood the power of words. And words were spoken into sand and the shapes that they made. And it's incredible to go do, and go look at that. What, when, when Hebrew words, the, the alphabet was spoken, the actual shapes started to come out of these things. And for me, the, the point is, our words carry power. Our words can change destiny. Our words can, can bring death. Our words can, 
can cut people down. Our words can, can cut our husbands and our wives down, but it can also bring life, bring peace, and bring joy. So, Father, we, we pray that, and I also want to just give a moment. If, if some of you have been confessing negative stuff over your lives, just to recognize that, that it is a sin, and just to, it's a simple saying, Father, forgive me, I, I don't want to be that. If there's, a lot, a lot of, if there's only negativity coming out of, your, out of your mouth, it's an indication of where your heart is. And Jesus wants to heal that. Jesus can heal that in a second. A good man brings out good things out of, out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings the evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And Father, I pray that tonight, and I think you've even ministered to us before, but I just pray that, that our hearts would be filled with you. Our hearts would be filled with your word, with your presence. That when we go through tough times, good times, the only thing that comes out is your word, is your goodness. Thank you, Father.